Savior come and leave me lame for joy. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name. All right, and at this point in time, uh, go ahead and be seated. And uh, we're looking for a congregational tune. Any, any, got any favorites that you might have? Oh, I see that hand. Repent, you sinner. <laughs> Go ahead, Marcy. Number two in the in the brown hymnal. Okay. Well, that that didn't take you to go very far to find that one, did it? Number two, come thou fount of every blessing. All right. You know that one. <laughs> Wing it, yep. If you can sing harmony to this, go ahead and do it. It's a good song for harmony. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, Calls for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise his name, I'm fixed upon it. Name of God's redeeming love. Hitherto my love has best me. Thou hast brought me to this place, and I know thy hand will bring me safely home by thy good grace. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the field of God, rescued me from danger, brought me precious blood. Oh, to praise how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to good singing this morning. Okay, now we have scripture reading, and that is me too. Scripture reading is from the book of John. Eighteen and verse thirty-three through thirty-eight. John eighteen verses thirty-three through thirty-eight. Yes.
John 18, 33. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus has asked, or did others talk to you about me? I, am I a Jew? Pilate replied, it was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate said. With this he went out to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you uh, one prisoner. Sorry, I went over one verse. All right, thank you. You may be seated. Um, another song? Uh -huh. Okay. 270 in your brown hymnals. Beautiful world. 
This morning, our message is, what is truth? I was thinking, there's just, there's no way that you can really teach uh, all of what you need to know about truth in just one message. So we're being a little specific this morning, and uh, I hope that you'll give it some real serious thought. Do you know of any Christians, real believers, that have lied after they were saved? Anybody? You got an idea? Who's, who's a, who was a practicing individual of faith and yet he lied? That should be an obvious. Peter. Who? Peter. Peter did? Okay. Uh, what about Abraham? Did he lie about Sarah? What about Isaac? Yeah, he did the same lie, didn't he? He said that his wife was his sister, which I find quite fascinating. Um, what about Ananias and Sapphira? You know, Peter said to them, you have not lied against man, but you have lied against God. When they told him that uh, they had given their all. And they hadn't given their all. <laughs> so lying is not something that just the world does, but it is also something that we have a propensity to do too. And uh, this morning as we're looking at this question of what is truth, I hope and pray that the Lord would bless our efforts in his house. Let's begin with a word of prayer, if we might. Heavenly Father, as we seek your face this morning, we do ask, that you would give us grace to be able to understand and discern what your word has declared. And we pray, Father, that it wouldn't be just an intellectual understanding or knowledge, but that we might imbibe it as being a truth that we ourselves desire to live by and to practice as our trust and belief in you as our God. Bless our time, Lord, in your house this morning. May our uh, pray and prayer, prayer and praise uh, be sufficient to uh, worship you as you uh, need to be worshiped in grace and truth. We ask this in thy precious name, dear Lord. Amen. The text this morning is John 18, 33 through 38, which we've just read. And uh, I pray that uh, this would have been a blessing to your heart, especially when you asked, uh, note verse 38, Pilate said to him, to Christ, what is truth? It's, it's a question that is certainly relevant for our day. 
because there isn't anyone who truly desires to worship God that doesn't want to know what the truth is so that they can worship God properly. And uh, when he had said this, when Pilate had said this, he went out again to the Jews, that is the Sanhedrin, all the leaders of the Jews, and he said, I find no fault in him at all. And I find it fascinating that he's wanting to know what Jesus believed and taught. And when he finds out that he is a king, but his kingdom is not of this world. He, Jesus wasn't a threat to Rome at all. Jesus wasn't a threat to Pilate. And so here we find, after he discovers through asking him these very serious questions, uh, that there really wasn't anything wrong in what he was teaching or what he was proclaiming. And so we're left with understanding that there was nothing of this world's values that really caused him to be considered, as it were, a common criminal. It was against the law to uh, say that you were a king and that you had authority over the Romans because that was not a legal thing to do at all. So our introduction today, today we want to teach on the subject of truth. In the reading of our short sermon text, Jesus is asked the question, what is truth by Pilate? This is a question that everyone should ask themselves, but few ever do. It is very important, it is a rather very important question to consider, contemplate, and define. For how would we as humans interact with others if not on the basis of truth? Can you imagine trying to run a government like ours when all they do is lie to one another? Oh, wait, that's, <laughs> I guess that's what they do do. Anyhow, uh, how would human government represent and accomplish doing what is good and righteous for the people if not for the establishment, established foundation of truth? How would marriage, and for that matter, all civil interaction of business and social intercourse between us as humans exist, if not for truth? If not on the basis of truth. So as you can see, this word and what it means is of a paramount importance to us. Look again at our text. Pilate is questioning Jesus, our Savior, and about his character and conduct as a man. So lies or truth have a part in your character and conduct. They display a certain aspect of what makes you who you are. And if you're a truthful person, then you're in pretty good shape. If you're a liar, then guess what? You're not in so good a shape. And I keep thinking of the fact that uh, there's a passage in, in uh, I believe it's Ephesians 6, somewhere in there, that says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Might be the book of Revelation. Let me hear you say that. All liars. Wow. Now, you understand that it's people who do that habitually. It's not talking about 
when you're scared and somebody says, is that the truth? Oh, yeah, 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 you know. Like when the kid is asked about chocolate all over his face, you know, who got into the cookies? You know, it was the dog, it wasn't me, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not talking about that kind of issue. I'm talking about the fact that all liars, people who can't tell the truth, they don't know what the truth is. Those kinds of people who do that kind of thing, who are drunkards, and it's habitual. Uh, they are uh, sexual perverts, and it's habitual. That's the way they live their life. That's the practice of their life. Those who do such things, the scripture declares, will have their part in the lake of fire. And we need to understand that God is not winking at our lies. We will suffer the consequences of telling a lie. Abraham did. Isaac did. Ananias and Sapphira paid with a very dear price. They died right there on the spot because they had lied to God. Not to man, but to God. When you lie and you're telling a fib, you know, we make it sound like a white lie, you tell just a little whopper. <laughs> you ever heard those terms before? When you say those kinds of things, remember that you're not lying to just those in your family or those that you work with or those in the pew that sits next to you, but you're lying to God. All lies essentially are a lie to God. And it's a very, very bad thing to do. And yet we wink at lies. We look at lies as if well, that's not that big a deal. Guess what? In God's eyes, it is. Along with lies, you have such things as murder and other very terrible crimes where that when you say those things, you wouldn't think that they would connect. But when you read it one after another with just commas separating them, then murder and lying are equal in God's eyes. And we need to learn to think in that term. So as I said, this, this word uh, means a great deal to us. Look again at our text. Pilate is questioning Jesus, our Savior, about his character and his conduct as a man. The Jewish Sanhedrin, the ruling Jewish authorities in Jerusalem, had made the accusation that Jesus declared himself to be a king without giving any kind of truth to their statement. Did Jesus ever claim that he was a king over Rome or over Jerusalem, as it were? Did he claim to be an earthly king? No, he did not. His kingdom was thought of and declared to be higher than that of those on earth. Really, he's the king of all creation, is he not? But yet, that wasn't the question. The question was, was he trying to usurp the authority of Caesar? Because that was the charge that was made against Christ. And, of course, we know that that was not his issue. The, Jews, uh, the Jews rather seized upon the words of Christ, saying that he was the king of glory. 
This was an assumption on their part, believing that Jesus was making the claim that he was a king on earth. So they heard the words king of glory and they figured that he wanted to have all honor and praise and glory given to him as a man. But that's not what he was saying. Not at all. If true, Jesus would have also uh, made the claim that he was a king on earth. If true, Jesus Christ also would have established a kingdom and realm of authority on earth. But neither one of those things were true likewise. God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom, not an earthly kingdom, not a kingdom of brick and mortar, not a kingdom of laws and written edicts, but a kingdom that rules the soul and the heart and the mind of each individual. However, Pilate wants to know exactly what the situation entailed as far as his kingdom was concerned. And uh, so this was in regard to that of Caesar in Rome. No, if his kingdom was to be a rival of Rome and uh, Caesar. Was this, in fact, what Jesus was teaching his disciples of his day? Or was he not the truth regarding his, or was it not the truth regarding his message? Um, of course, that was not what Jesus was teaching, so it was not that truth that he proclaimed. As you can see from the text, everything that the Jewish rulers were declaring of Jesus was not true. In other words, they were not dealing with truth. They were dealing with emotional accusations against someone. I'm sure that if you've heard the news lately, you've probably heard things that have been said about our president. And what does he respond to him? But he calls them false news. What is false news? Is it not a lie? I mean, we try to be so delicate in the way that we approach these things. Rather than calling them liars, we just say that they, they're not understanding. Or we say that they, they just don't uh, quite uh, uh, give credit to him where that he's supposed to have it. Truth in our day is a very difficult thing to define because of the way that we tiptoe around the matter of what truth really is. If you understand that Christ was a king from a different realm and a, a, uh, a heavenly realm, one which was not of this world, how then could this king in this kingdom be a threat to Caesar and Rome? Well, of course, the answer is very obvious. He couldn't. What did this dialogue hinge on? But discovering what was true about Christ's words and the purpose of his message that he proclaimed to everyone that they met. We use the same reasoning concerning legal matters in a court of law, but the facts are first established before judgment can be made, for only then can the truth be known. We have people swear on a stack of Bibles, are you telling the truth? Well, now they've eliminated 
the Ten Commandments as the basis of our laws, and they've eliminated the Bible as any kind of standard of truth. And now we're looking more at people's emotional opinions than we are at what is really truth. No one is really guilty. They, they just, uh, you know, they were confused or they were, uh, you know, not able to have uh, discernment or they didn't have enough education to give them uh, the meaning of the right things to do in life. And so no one is guilty. Is that true? I guess God will have to redo re, uh, the message on the fact that all liars will uh, go to the lake of fire. Because today, no one seems to be a real liar. They're just confused. The reality is, is that's not true. <clears throat> so whether in the court of law or whether it's in life itself, so as Pilate in our text declares, the question remains, what is truth? Here then are three questions to help us define, know, and understand what is truth. First part, how to define truth. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines truth as the real facts about something, the things that are true. If this sounds like doublespeak, it's because it is. <laughs> the real facts about something the things that are true. That's what uh, Miriam Webster, the lady, uh, in her dictionary is defined as truth. Okay, another definition is stated as the state or quality of being true. And another one, or that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. And then a fact or belief that is accepted as true. But that all has to do with how you interpret what truth is. Is truth something that we are to interpret or is truth something that we are to know and therefore not go against what God has declared? You see, real truth comes from God alone. We were talking about that in Sunday school today. Real truth is what God declares truth is, not what man declares truth is. And the reason why there are so many who are confused in our day is because individuals who say that they are Christians sit in a pew and they hear the word of God and they hear the message of Christ and they don't have a clue as to what is true and what is not true. And the reason for that is because they will not allow the authority of Scripture to be the basis for how they practice what God declares is truth. And it's just that simple. It is either that we believe God or that we believe that man is the one who is the one uh, that really seems to understand all these things. Now, please forgive me. First, note that the Bible gives us a godly definition that supersedes all others as defined by man. For example, we have this declaration, declared, uh, declared sorry, statement about truth in the book of Exodus. 
and Jehovah passed before him and proclaimed, Jehovah, Jehovah God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation.